interrogation of a hip-hop album where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums put them on the stand see if they stood the test of time now let's see who we got on the stand today order in the court welcome to another episode of rap in order i'm first class reg and i'm tori and b and how are you today good sir i'm good man good good no complaints man you know uh had a lot of rain this week oh my god bro didn't um and what happened with that like I know you got some, not too much damage though, right? Nah, it wasn't too, (laughs) my, and water, when it rains in my living room now, water comes through my radiator. Shit, bro. You know what I went through last year. Yeah, so it's like structural. Yeah. It it kind of, yeah, man, my dog, man. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, no, this year, this year it was... Thank goodness I didn't have well, to I mean, deal. Top flow. Yeah, I didn't have to deal with anything this year, thankfully. But all the years prior, <laughs> like I had people texting me, <laughs> I had people texting me this year that think that I'm still in the old place, and they're like, "Yo, just checking on you." I know we probably, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, "Bro, thank you, I really appreciate it, but you know, I'm not there no more. I don't even know how it is down there. I should have checked, right? You should have. Yeah, I have, up. <laughs> bro. I have no idea how it is down there, and I'm just, I'm just thankful I'm not down there no more. Hmm. What did you um? So I told you I started Gen v, Gen V. Yeah, so that show was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished all three episodes. I I've read the boys' comic books, so I was kind of a little oh, familiar you, with the characters. Okay. Like they tweak things. Yeah, I really like what they're doing. Um, the main actress, what's her name? Um, um, Jazz Jazz. <sighs> That's Damn, fine. What's her That's name? Fine, young lady. Yeah, yeah because yeah, she is just out. she's gorgeous, man. Jazz Sinclair. Jazz Sinclair. Jazz yeah. Sinclair. God bless you, sweetheart. Yeah. Ja- um, Jazz Sinclair. She's killing it. Um, she's doing a really good job. Um, she plays Marie on the on the show. Only three episodes so far, but I like the tone of it so far. I like how the first episode kind of just sets you up for already knowing like how they they're even existing in this world for bro, the boys. Yeah, it's basically like yo, they don't have a sports team. They, it's mm-hmm. like nah, you you become a superhero like that. Yeah, like yeah. What you do so. I think that was pretty cool. Um, each character, like their, their powers, and basically just showing like if people were superheroes, they would be super sexual. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like when you watch this, and if you're familiar with the boys, you're like, oh, how is this gonna fit into that world? And then if you forget how vulgar the the boys was, this will remind you. Oh yeah, immediately it reminds. This is like, this like, is nuts. Like that. Um. um but I want to see. I want to see how it goes. I know the writer strike is kind of like letting up right now. It looks like we're coming to some so type the, of stability. So the writer, so the writers came to an agreement. The WGA and the ATMP, mm-hmm. um, they came to like an agreement to uh, get things done. Okay. So that's like a sign of of a. Uh, that's a good sign, which means that late night TV shows are like come back immediately. I saw. Yeah. Because like so like sketch comedy shows, late night shows, daytime shows, like. So that stuff is fair game. Didn't like they, you know, other TV shows have come back to the table now, so they can finish. Like uh, mm-hmm. the show I watched called Yellow Jackets. So oh yeah, they, yeah, you've been I, you've been trying to get us to watch that for a little while. I'm trying man. Mm-hmm. And so the first episode was already done, and then they had to stop. So now they're able to continue the season and continue writing, and then they can start filming. The, as for the actors, um, we're still like waiting for them to come to the table with our demands. So you know. Holiday, the holiday shutdown is coming. So even with, let's say like even if like they like tomorrow, like they say like all right, the strike's over, like it's still gonna be before like a lot of productions get underway again. It's probably not gonna be to the new year, realistically. Okay. Realistically. Um, and what about um? So you said so you mentioned TV. So what about film? Because I know like Deadpool is like one that just popped up in my head. Oh, I mean, well, like that, they, they'll probably like find like loopholes, like not loopholes, but like they'll probably like push that because they're like, all right, we need to get this done. Production has, you know, uh, 28 days to mm-hmm. finish or whatever like that. And they'll probably just get the ball rolling. <clears throat> so, you know, certain things take time, but certain movies like are important. So like yeah. a movie like Deadpool for Disney could like do wonders because like right now, like, you know, 
it's not like they put out flops, but like you know that they they now they're like chasing that that Infinity War number. Yeah, you yeah. Know, James Cameron got his foot on their necks. Yeah, and they've been putting out the um the live action remakes, which I think Little Mermaid was the only one that like got really good reviews from yeah. the live action remakes. Yeah, and then and then you got a movie like Barbie mm-hmm. that did really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and like now, like they're going hard with like GI Joe becoming yeah. like a thing again. So um, it's and like there was like a did you did you watch like the recent Transformers movie? Nah, was it fire? It was good. It was good. Um, I watched I watched too much too many cartoons. So like sometimes my brain I just be like that didn't happen. Like but mm-hmm. whatever. But uh, at the at the end, I, I'll just say it's out now. You've had time to watch it, so you ain't watch. Spoiler it. alert. Spoiler alert. But at the end, there's an Easter egg of a crossover between GI Joe and Transformers. Oh, oh! Actually, you know what? I know about that. Somebody at work spoiled that for me. Okay, Ben spoiled that for me. I'm not the person that did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So there's a there's an Easter egg. There was an Easter egg for that, and so I'm like, damn, man, this they could have just had Dom Toretto come in there though. (laughs) Yo, imagine, shit. You know, um, but yeah, like so, like certain films are going to get like the push and everything like that. Like some of them, they're like, all right, let's take a turn with production, but. A lot of people need to get back to work. It's not just like the actors and the writers. It's like yeah. the, the guys that work in the rigs and the lighting and the, the trucks and the the the, uh, the scene department, mm-hmm. the, the dressers, the makeup artists, like all of those people, you know, shit, the assistance to the actors, you know, so it's a lot of stuff that like, you know, I hope a lot of my friends can get from under the holidays are on the way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, um, we have some time music. With that. Yeah, we, we did music. have some music. Um, J. Cole and Little Yachty. Oof. The secret recipe. Yeah. Um, what's J. Cole's problem? <laughs> First of all, that's a very awkward beat. That beat is very awkward when you just listen to the beat. But then you listen to the song. How'd you like Yachty on it? I'll, J. Cole aside. Yachty's like in a quiet like you gotta you gotta tell yourself you like Yachty. Yeah. Our, because what we're trained, like what we're well what most of our ears are trained to listen to. Hip hop wise. Hip hop wise. Yachty sounds like a a fucking walrus singing. Yeah, but you know his like the way his voice sounds is so imperfect. It kind of sounds good. It sounds perfect. So it works. I'm not mad at it. It was it was uh it was it was dope. But like J Cole has a, has something wrong with him. That nigga left Earth for real. Yeah, bro. Like he really did. Like he he got on there and like really 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 showed it out. And I'm like. All right, this this next project, like he's making sure that like we're put on notice. And like I even um in our group chat, um Quincy said that uh J. Cole is on a, a little Wayne feature run. Like Yeah, bro. I don't like that he said that. Like I, I get I get what he's saying, but you know Quincy, Quincy get excited. Yeah. He just gets to talking. That's he he wrote something about it at like six AM when yeah. I woke up. I'm like, Yeah, yo, Quincy is already going off about this song. Yeah. So if you can compare the time frames, you know, there's nothing like the 07 Wayne run. That was ridiculous. That's a ridiculous, crazy run. Okay. I don't think J. Cole's run is comparable to that because it's not, he doesn't have as much out. He's had a great run as far as like every time you hear him on a feature, it's great. I don't think that's the same as the type of run that that Wayne had. Okay. So I'll, the way I'll, I'll just say the times are different mm-hmm. because right now, like what Wayne was doing, Wayne was basically giving people verses as far as just freestyling over shit. And then the person was like, yeah, we should just make this an official Yeah, image. yeah. Whereas like now everything is so like regulated. So like Cole is literally doing a feature on an original song. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also part of the difference. But um, I don't think it's a better run than Wayne, but I do think that he's become like... Since like I think like the last person that I can think of in memory to go on a feature run like this was Two Chains. Yeah, Two Chains run. Yeah, that what was that twenty thirteen? Yeah, and like it's funny because like a lot of people like said don't commend Two Chains on his rapping abilities, but like his his features were fire. Like, I mean, and shit, Future. Yeah, okay. Future had a you can yeah, you can yeah, count yeah. that twenty fifteen. It wasn't like a feature run. He was well, he was doing hooks. He, he basically yeah. became like the new Nate though. Yeah, like, well, he he took T Pain spot. And yeah, like yeah, he, he, that he, was that was 2015, 2016. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's it's a couple rappers, but I just I was like, yo, why is J Cole? Why was it? Like, yeah, he went what? he went crazy. And then even that that ball for um, NBA YoungBoy, I was kind of like, like, yeah, I, which I didn't catch until the internet told me it was. Up no, I, NBA it, I remember when NBA like when he when he said it, I was like, oh, he's about NBA. 
Because, mm. you know, he, he, I mean, you know, Drake was just saying, I don't want to get involved with it. I just did a song with Dirt. Like, yeah, yeah. And me and Youngboy took that very personally. So I asked LaShawn what he thought about it. He was like, me and Youngboy just want to yell at his phone and point a gun at it or something like that. <laughs> get himself in more trouble even though he's a house think, arrest. But he's been, he's been on this peace treaty lately, though. So I don't know. I don't think he's going to give it that type of time. But we'll see. I don't know. Um, what um, else? What else dropped that you checked? Shaq for? and Kobe, Meek Mill and Rick Ross. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaq and Kobe. Um, I was very excited for this actually, and okay. I couldn't, I couldn't understand why, because I was like, I mean, I hear, I hear Ross tracks, I hear Meek tracks here and there, but some about them being together, I guess, I was excited about, because I can't remember the last time that we got that. Yeah. Um, I'm excited too. I know, I know, I give, I know, I give Meek a hard time, pause, mm-hmm. but um. Nah, it, it's just good because they 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 don't they don't give us like whack. They don't they don't collaborate in as whack. Mm-hmm. So I I heard that and I was like, oh okay, cool. And then I saw that like uh, maybe that music group moved over to Gamma. Yeah, and they're um over there with what is Larry Jackson. Mm-hmm. And Larry Jackson is basically like the new golden child of like urban music, right? Yeah, now. Larry Jackson. If I'm he not mistaken, he was at Apple Music. Yeah, with Jimmy Iovine, and then mm-hmm. before that, he was um under Clive Davis. So like right now, he's like. He's getting a lot of opportunities that like a lot of the black executives in the music industry, like some of them, you know, that their names we don't know, but like he him being like put at the forefront. I remember reading in uh in LA Reed's book, like how he was saying like he he always wanted those opportunities and they would always just be like, all right, just put them over the black division. And like mm-hmm. LA Reed was like, I wanna run the label, I wanna work with every artist. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like Larry Jackson's getting that look yeah. from like what LA Reed was describing to me. But it's also nuts because I'm like, yo, L.A. Reid like, is like a hit maker. Like, why wouldn't they just let him just run like a label mm-hmm. of all music? Why they always put him in a black music division? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, But yeah, Larry Jackson's doing his thing. But I mean, to your point, we are, to the Shaq and Kobe point, actually, we're getting a joint album from them. It's called Too Good To Be True. They announced it recently, I think, on Apple Music. Um, What are you expecting from this? For Ross to carry me to the finish line? <laughs> I'm just interested to see how this is gonna go because this is some people can say this is like too late. Like they should have been. Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely too late. Yeah. I mean it's it's too late, but I'm still gonna listen and I know mm-hmm. it's gonna be good. And I know like they're gonna they're gonna it's gonna music's gonna get played in strip clubs, music's gonna get played. Um I'll even say I'll even say that they're gonna get a song that's gonna get placement in the NBA finals. I can see that. I'm confident. I'm confident see that, that. that they will and they're going to get their looks. And I guess this is why like Meek made the decision that he made to like hold back for mm-hmm. a couple years mm-hmm. um, with his music because he said that he was doing it. He was like, I'm going independent. Like, you know, I think he was like learning like a lot of like behind the scenes shit. And it made him just feel like, Yo, you know what? I'm a, I'm not going to keep giving away this music for free. I'm going to make sure everything I do, I'm going to get like every dollar I'm owed. So let's see. Um, I'm curious. Um, it has my attention. Um, I have my my thoughts. Me and LaShawn had an argument because I said that a uh, little baby passed Meek and he's doing what Meek is supposed to do. Oh shit! LaShawn said I shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> he told me I was that I was dead wrong. You know, it's a couple other things that I've said, but I mean, I, I I fuck with Meek. I just think that Meek just. I don't know. He'd be missing the mark on like where he's supposed to be at. It's kind of like what people say about like what Bleak getting the alley. Yeah, yeah. But I will say to Meek's credit, um, he has one. No, yeah, no. I'll say one. I'll say one really good album. Championships. Championships was really good, and I think um, what was the one? Something more than money. I forget what was that shit called. It was the red cover. Pain. Uh, um. Expense, no, not expensive pain. Expensive pain was the last project. Um, Dreams worth more than money. Dreams worth more than money was pretty good. Okay. And wins and losses wasn't bad. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. He's he's had he's had some shit out there. You know, I think to his credit, he's tried in the past. He's try he tries different shit. I mean, that's the only thing that I'll push back on when it comes to the meek and like bleak comparison. Mm, well, oh, okay. Who else came out you check for? Um, well, I mean, Wayne dropped the project. He dropped the uh, the fix before the six. Um, I didn't like it. Sloppy. I didn't like it. And then I think the thing that sucks is that like now that they've gotten rid of mixtapes, like I, I want to hear Wayne rap over other people. Because you know that's what this would have been. Yeah. What because like that's basically what Sorry for the Wait was. Yeah. 
because um, the Carter series kept getting pushed back. So he came out, he invented, he created the Sorry for the Wait series just to like hold people over. Yeah. And he was rapping over people's shit. Yeah, I think, I don't know, he was picking out how to get clearances or something or explain to the executives like this, like it is what Like this is excited. my bag, yeah. Or at least just be like, yo, he's on Universal, be like, yo, give me clearance on every like beat that I want from a Universal artist. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not like fucking us over, but. Yeah, I don't even think he's asking. Yeah, he's just I, going I, in and just know. rapping. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> well, I guess, I guess that's it for, um, for rap albums that are notable. Um, but for today, we're going to take it back to 2001. 2001 was the year that saw a lot of rappers make like their big debuts yeah. and kind of just keep going with like what they kind of already laid the foundation for. Um, what comes to mind for 2001 is Jadakiss. Well, that's, um, I guess that gives us our coverage for, for hip hop um, releases currently, but we're going to take it back to. Back to 2001. Um, 2001 was a year that saw a lot of MCs like really step up to the plate, where whether it's for their debuts or like for like kind of fulfilling what they already had set in stone. Um, mm-hmm. You had Jada Kiss came out with Kiss the Game Goodbye that year. Um, I think in August of that year. But then you had somebody like Beanie Siegel who released his second album that year. And that's the album that we're going to get into today with The Reason. Um, the reason came out in June of 2001. It had features from the whole rock, pretty much the whole Rockefeller family, and outside of them, you had Scarface on the album. Um, and the reason debuted at number five that year. It sold like 158,000 copies, which is crazy to debut at number five and sell that much. Yeah, that would that be the number one album today. Yeah, that don't happen no more. Yeah, like 158,000 is nuts. Um, but it was ranked as one of the best hardcore rap albums of 2001, which goes to show you, like, it was a really small window. Yeah. But it was um, <laughs> it was ranked. It was ranked back then. And then you had, like, superstar producers on this thing. You had Kanye. You had um, Just Blaze, of course. You had... Let me see here. What am I missing? Kanye, Just Blaze. Damn, I think I... I thought I wrote it down. Okay. Yeah. So you had Kanye, you had Just Blaze, you had No ID, you had Shy Money, you had 88 Keys, you had Rick Rock. Um, and those are like the bulk of the names that like carried this album. Yeah. Um, 14 tracks long. Um, I was a really big fan of this album back then because I was a really big Seagull fan. So like just seeing his progression and like feeling like he was always in that like number two or three spot on the roster, but he always shined, man, especially with features and his voice was crazy. Um, it's unfortunate to see like how his voice is now. It, oh, it just man. doesn't carry the same weight. But um speaking to this time to this era, to this essence of beings as a rapper, um, how did you feel about this album? So when this album came out, I I listened to it and I knew that it was good. Um, one of my best friends, Tyson, shout out to Ty. Uh, was a huge Beanie Siegel fan. Like I think that he watched Paper Soldiers. Like, oh, same. So many oh, fucking times. Soldiers. Like he just like he embodied Beanie's mm-hmm. like so and state property and shit. So when I first listened to it, I was like, I like I was more um, drawn in by the production mm-hmm. on the album. And so with that, like I knew like Beans was talking his shit, and like I remember at that time, a lot of my friends were like, yo. Beans is better than Hov. Like a lot of my friends, and they was like, "Why you think he battling Jadakiss?" <laughs> like, you know, like in the in the lunchroom arguments, like you know, they was making those valid like takes and shit like that. They was like, the the trajectory of what Beans was doing, like he was supposed to like mm-hmm. like take off. Like so, you know, um, this project was very very like well received. It went it definitely went platinum in the hood, mm-hmm. and I just think that like. Beans is Beans was is an interesting person to me because like he said that like he don't like you know how like some of the dudes they be like yo I'm not a rapper I'm not like mm-hmm. nah like Beans like said that he would like go to like you know certain like studio sessions and shit like that and whatever raps he had those were the raps you were gonna get mm-hmm. and that was it like he wasn't like Mister like sit down and like he would he would do shit while he was out doing handling shit in the street go home write tell those stories and then. 
going to the studio and record. Like he wasn't like, you know what I'm saying, like like how Jay or like a Scarface was where like they, you know, oh, what's my inspiration? Like yeah, yeah. Beans was going off of like real life shit, telling those stories and then that's that. Mm-hmm. He was just a very unique artist to me. And then mm-hmm. like he had like one of the most unique rap voices vo- vocally like mm-hmm. ever. So this project, um, the production was the main standout to me though. Mm-hmm. Production. And you think about it, like no ID, Kanye, Just Blaze, 88 Keys, like mm-hmm. that's, you know what I'm saying? Like that, like if you, if somebody says that they have that production team now, today. Yeah, it's insane. I even forgot about the back to back on the production on this album. I was like, holy shit. Like this dude had the ultimate cheat code having these in-house producers on this shit. Like mm-hmm. this is crazy. Yeah. They gave him, they laced him with like some really good beats. And like back then, I feel like the standard for Rockefeller albums was like 13 or 14 songs. Yeah. And then I also think that uh, a lot of stuff with, uh, I think a lot of stuff for Beans, Jay like would let Beans do it first and test it out. So like if you think about it, like a lot of the producers that he worked with, Jay would work with them after Beans. Like mm-hmm. he would hear how Beans did it and was like, oh, I got it. Like, yeah. Give me that. Like he used, a, he used them for a lot of, a lot of the state property rappers, mm-hmm. um, like I saw Bleak say, they asked Bleak about the young, you know, taking young Chris's flow. And like Bleak was like, how? He's Jay already, which I agree yeah. with. Jay-Z was Jay-Z, but like Jay definitely heavily leaned on state property yeah. for inspiration, I agree. ideas. Like, you know, I understand that like, you know, still soft for still, so it's whatever. But like state property definitely laid a lot of the groundwork mm-hmm. and what, Beanie Siegel did on his first two albums definitely, I think, set up the tone for the blueprint. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, and I think when when Bleak said that, like, he was kind of leaving out the fact that, like, yes, of course, Hov was already Hov, but you could see, even as Hov, you could see, like, a flow and be inspired by it. Yeah. Because I didn't, because I don't think the the common thing that people were saying was that he bit uh, young Chris's whole style like he yeah. just took that he took that flow and he did something with it and he fucked around with it for like Blueprint 2 yeah he did yeah, like Blueprint was, 2 like you could listen to it and think that it actually is Chris yeah, rapping yeah it, it was just mostly Blueprint 2 and like you see glimmers of it like later on but that's it mm-hmm. it was just a little flow that he that he took and and I think that's that's natural like you could take from from your homies that you around all the time, presumably, you mm-hmm. know, like just borrow from them. It's but, like a, it was like a recharge because you mm-hmm. got to think about it. By the time the blueprint came out, a lot of rappers fizzle out in their careers. Cause the blueprint was what Jay's fifth album. Yeah. If you think about it on average, yeah. the average rapper burns out by their fifth album. Mm-hmm. So young Chris coming around was actually like a like a huge, 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 huge blessing for Jay. Yeah, it was new energy. Young mm-hmm. Chris was like 16, 17 when he when he joined Rockefeller. Yeah, he was like a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I think I think that's natural, right? To like to like borrow borrow from you know your counterparts. Yeah, they make you stronger in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get into this album, like I said, fourteen tracks kicks off with nothing like it. Nothing like it is produced by Kanye West. Shaking your head away. One of the best intro tracks. Like, I, thought, ever. Yo, I thought we was about to argue about this. Like, nah. the, yo, this intro is like, ah, uh, like I'll get chills every time it comes on. Like, it's such a good intro. Like, it's everything that I love about Beams on this, on this, um, on this song. Absol- absolutely. And I also, like, when I'm listening to this album, I'm like, damn, like, if we would have got a whole album of just Kanye and Beanie Siegel. Mm hmm. I mean, like, I think the, that's what the beat coming should have been. Yeah, and Kanye loves Beanie, Beanie Siegel. Well, back then, like, yeah. I, I don't know how he feels now, but I know he loved Beans. Like, he really loved and respected Beans. Yeah. You remember, <laughs> you remember that um, when it was kind of on the outs because Beans kept saying that Kanye was gay? Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I think it was on Smack DVD, I think. Yeah. And, and he, then- was like, he was like, bro, like, you know, Beans, I, you know, I don't really fuck around. I'm not gonna fuck with Beans because I mean that's he he a street dude. Like he don't really play that, but bro, I'm just saying, like, I'm not gay. <laughs> He's like, bro, that's all I'm saying. Like, but he don't fuck around, but I gotta defend myself. And I'm like, 
Yo, that's real. <laughs> Bro, that's like, I respect that. Imagine somebody just keep calling you gay. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, like, and, and it's like, it's nothing wrong with being gay, but like, you know, that's just like, imagine that you, you're a gay person, somebody's like, you straight, you straight, you straight. And like, then you're going to get annoyed. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So like, yeah, he, he just was like, bro, he was trying in the, in the most peaceful way to say, listen, like, he got to stop calling me that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, uh. He then remember Beans was getting that Drake because Drake was on a song with Hov basically addressing him. And he was like, yo, you know what Jay was saying. I was like, you don't know when Jay recorded that verse. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And you don't even know if Drake heard it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Beans, Beans was wild. But like, like, he really that was is, like 09, I think. He, he really wild. is the Broad Street bully, yeah. bro. And like that's hilarious. Um, cause I I I've aware off a little bit, just a tiny bit. I, so in doing research, I watched a lot of Beans Eagle interviews, and I came across an interview with Taxstone, mm-hmm. where Beans was t- basically telling the whole story about what happened with him and Meek, mm-hmm. and like it just was so bugged out to like basically like find out like find out that like Beans Siegel's not superhuman, and like because oh that backstage thing, yeah because his man you know Meek's man snuck him, mm-hmm. but it was just crazy because like you, Beans was talking, he was like yo. A lot of my like greatest knockouts is not on camera. He said I would go city to city and just knock niggas out, <laughs> and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> like I just thought that was funny as hell. Like, damn. Like, okay. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Beans is tough, and like he wanted it to be known because yeah. like everybody was like, "Yo, I can't believe that." You, yeah. And you watched the video. I watched it. Like the dude definitely snuck Beans. Yeah, he did. But that that video was tough to watch, man. Because like you, like, and I think like a lot of people that are fans of of Beans or like from that era of hip hop. Beans is looked at as such a strong person. Like, he's just, like, mad intimidating. I still just, when I think of Beanie, I think of the image of him when he's first introduced in backstage. When he's walking. No, I wasn't backstage. That was um, MTV My Life. My diary. Oh, the diary. MTV Diary. Yes. Well, oh, when he's looking at the camera and he's walking. Yeah, they're like, they, they, it was a show that Jay had in North Carolina. The only reason I know this story because also that was a D Haven story about when Jay and D Haven stopped fucking with each other. Okay. <laughs> but and somebody um like threw a drink and it hit Beans and Beans. Oh, and he jumped deuce, over. Yeah, and he yeah. D lines. No, so so yeah, oh, so different two separate things. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I know sorry. about that. Because um because Jay was like, Man, yeah, I had to go get him. I had to go get him. I remember that. But I'm talking about when they first bring him up in backstage and he's fighting with somebody already. Right. He's fighting with somebody, yes. they pull him off, and then he turns around and he's walking and he's just looking at the camera, like locked eyes with the camera walking past it. And I'm like, yo, this dude, like, and that's that's the image I get of Beans. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I short, short braid beanie. Yeah. Or, no, was he Caesar Breed Beanie then or short he braid? He was Caesar. He, he had Caesar? a Caesar. Okay. He had a, he had a dark Caesar back then. Um, nothing like it, man. Raw emotion. Um the instrumental, I feel like when he just heard the instrumental, it just called for it. Like, yeah. It's just the flow. It's just one of my favorite rap album intros ever. Which which joint project would you have rather gotten from Beans? The Mac and Brad or the, the Memphis Bleak and Beans? Mac and Brad for sure. Mac and Brad And for this sure. this album, hearing this album solidified that for me because they got the song on here, um, Mom Praying. Okay. They got the song on here called Mom Praying, him and, him and Scarface. But... <laughs> the song with the EPMD sample with him and Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, shout out to EPMD, Eric Sermon mm-hmm. and Paris. Yo, first of all, I thought it was funny. Like, uh, if a lot of people don't catch it when he calls himself the Gooch, mm-hmm. if you watch different strokes, the the bully in the show is named the Gooch. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people will scream out, yo, pause. Like, but, like, yo. but nah, the Gooch was really like, putting Arnold under pressure on different strokes. <laughs> so V's calling himself that. I'm like, yeah, that nigga definitely is the That's fucking Broad yeah, Street bully. For real. Um, damn, yo, their they're back and forth on this is so fucking nice. Man, I, I really enjoy uh, Bleak as a rapper, man. Yeah, I, I did really too. I like Bleak as a rapper. I just, like, like, I, like I was saying off camera, I just think that like Bleak was just old. He would, he knew that Jay was, was his big brother. Essentially, in that he was just he was good. He just had to like fall like fall in line, and like he just didn't. He was like, "Yo, I'm comfortable." But like on his drink, his later drink champs interview, he said that he regrets like not taking a lot of 
leaps of faith in certain things. Yeah, yeah, he did. That was a really good interview. Yeah, he's been on there like three times. It's been already. three times, and like I'm like, damn, like there's so like there's so many things that they have to add different things to ask them, and mm-hmm. they and they actually get to it. But yeah. I just think the other thing that I thought was funny when he was kept telling things about the breakup, like I'm telling you, he's out of here. Yeah. <laughs> He was like, yo, the part that was so funny when when he said, um, he was like, yo, when we was at, he was like, it, it was super convenient how they cut that out of Faith of Black. But Dame was giving us all the speech like, oh, this can be y'all next. This can, this how y'all going to go out. And he's like, no, the fuck is not. That's hope. Like, none of us is hope. Like, you giving these niggas false hope. He was like, yo, I went behind him and I spoke to all of them. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, he was like, yo, I went behind him and I spoke to all of them and made sure that they knew, like, none of us is like this nigga. Like, <laughs> that's that, yo, I thought that was so fucking funny because it's like, it's a realism, it's a realism pill. You know, it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's just like, bro, like, I, for real, that's, that's whole. I just snuck bleed. I'm none like, of us did that. None of, none of us did that work. Like, that, he did that work. He put out an album every year. Yeah. Um, But... None, nonetheless, this this with this EPMP sample is flip by Jeff Blaze, incredible, incredible. Um, so the song I don't do much is that's my shit. Incredible, yeah. And that's like one of the songs that like my boy Ty will play all the time because yeah. that's Ty. Like Ty, Ty move at his own pace. Some people will call it lazy, but Ty calls it smart because mm-hmm. he just does he does just enough to do whatever he got to do. He maxim- yeah, he yeah, maximizes yeah. everything. Like work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. And like I don't do much is like the epitome of that. Like Beans is just like yo, I just do what I gotta mm-hmm. do, and there's never no more, no less. And yeah. I just was like, all right, cool. It's an anthem for niggas like that, like, yeah. for real. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a laid back, like the beat. Like, yeah. Okay, we still going. The beat is kind of um good. Yeah, I just gotta keep this shit so. The beat is super laid back. Um, it's super like it's just the vibe of it. I'm just like when I first heard it, I was like, ah, what is this giving me right now? What is this? Mm-hmm. But I, you just appreciate that pocket the more you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um. Anything I see, we skipped right over Beanie Mac bitch, which oh, was a single. That's a fucking bop. That that, yeah. that was just fucking dope. It 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 gave like Shaft vibes and shit like mm. that. A super fly, especially the video. Yeah, yeah. The video like did. I think that's what they was going for with it. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because um, if I'm not mistaken, Beans didn't like you know what I'm saying his name over and over again mm-hmm. and shit like mm-hmm. that. And it's funny because like for some reason like rappers don't like that shit. Bleak, yeah. Bleak has said it. Um, I think Jay has said it like like I'm like yo what the fuck like that's like a rite of passage if you a rapper yeah um Nori always tells the story about how he passed up on Jigga Jigga that nigga Jigga mm-hmm. he always tells that story and and I always think it's so funny like Nori Nori that nigga Nori and he's like nah I don't need it should have took it yeah he should have took that should have took it um but it probably wouldn't have been the same um what else oh Daz Dillinger on here. Yes. On the on the for my niggas um song, which is like a eh, kind that of was a exclusive for me. Yeah. yeah, it was. It didn't that that's Dillinger like is are like arguably to me like one of the most slept on rap producers of I all time. I think I was just gonna say the same. Yeah, and talent. So like it's it was just kind of like disappointing. It seemed like they just was like, "Yo, we I fuck with you. I mm-hmm. fuck with you." Like they. Yo, you you going tomorrow? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gonna ask you, but you said you get out at three. Yeah. Like they, they basically had like a I fuck with you off. <laughs> yeah. And like I think like they was like, yo, let's get in the lab and record. And then also corrupt cut mm-hmm. a song with him. And I think that was dope. And mm-hmm. to me, corrupt, if Daz is one of the most underrated producers, that corrupt is one of the most underrated and underappreciated like rappers, period. I think so too. I think he gets a lot of respect when he's brought up, yeah. but he doesn't just, he's not just brought up like out of nowhere. Right. And then the fact that like, you know, he's from Philly mm-hmm. and he moved to the West Coast. So like he's super lyrical, but he has like a Cali accent because mm-hmm. he lived out there most of his life. So yeah, I just, I, I enjoyed the fuck out of that song. Yeah. Um. Oh, so you talking about Gangsta Gangsta? Yeah, Gangsta Gangsta.
to gangster. Like, yeah, yeah gangsta, I just, I'm sorry. I just, I just break right into that. You know, nah, gangster, gangster is like gangster, 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 gangster is on my runners playlist. Really, like still, mm. it's been on, it's been on there because as soon as it comes on, it's just like boom, and it's produced by Kanye. It puts you right in a moment. Who wanna fuck with the fat boy at the rock? Like it's just like right away, push you right in it. Um, it's it's high octane. Like it's it's super. It has a lot of energy to it that I fuck with. Um, what else is on here that stands out? How'd you feel about how'd you feel about Man's World? Produced by No ID. It's the James Brown flip. Um, let's see what I wrote here for Man's World. Mm-hmm. If I did, okay. What the fuck was that? It's the light. Oh, oh well. Um, I like I just wrote like, yo, it's one of the perfect sample flips by No mm-hmm. ID. Like it just is like masterful. It's something where like I'm just like, like exactly. all right, yeah. no, no, like if if you like watch Star Wars, like he's a Jedi master, mm-hmm. like and you could tell like all right, Kanye, like he he definitely like. Tutor, like tutored Kanye and like he's like the grandmaster like mm-hmm. you don't gotta like it's, it's very subtle and everything and like he's been like it, like his production is like how his demeanor is very quiet to yeah. himself kind of do no idea is super quiet he just does his thing and, and especially especially for uh, somebody like Beans who's like very who's very much like a man's man mm-hmm. to 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 give him this track very on point yeah. very 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 smart. for sure um, oof. Think it's a game. Jay-Z, yeah, Freeway, and Young Chris. Yeah. Produced by, um, Big Demi. Yo. This is one of the highlights on this album for me. Yeah. I just think that, uh, besides, like, I remember there was an interview where Jay said that, like, he wanted Beans to be like how Rick Ross is. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't get that out of my head because I, I definitely get what Jay was saying, but I just think that certain dudes have, like, a, a a, biz, a, a business mind or like something like that and then you have some guys where they're just like you know like they're like an attack dog not calling beans a dog but just saying that like he's beans is beans is a general but he's a wartime general mm-hmm. and i think for beans a lot of his shortcomings came because like he was like really really living his raps and he couldn't like maneuver how to uh take a step back and understand that there was money to be made and there was a lot of business that he needed to get in order because he was so comfortable. He felt like things would never end. Like a lot of people with Rockefeller. Beans, I ain't trying to change you. Just give you some game. Right. It's a lot of things that kind of just went over his head. And then sometimes I just wonder, I'm like, yo, when y'all was all around Jay, like, y'all didn't just ask Jay, like, yo, what you mean by that, bro? Because mm-hmm. like, he had an interview and said that he never understood that. Oh, yes. Yeah. That, that line. Yeah. And he said he didn't realize it till like later, later, later. Yeah. Like that's, crazy yeah it's like, so it's so there the yeah. nigga gave y'all the blueprint yeah. <laughs> like just, literally is 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 very i just really think that they you know it was like a family thing i got a question for you though why do you think that hove didn't like get a crew out of marcy or out of brooklyn and instead went to philly and got a cool rappers from philly to put on that's interesting i don't think so when i was watching bleak's interview and he was talking about like Marcy and everything like that. Like, wasn't Dayton from over there? Dehaven, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So like he had his early he had his early relationship with with Dehaven, but that that crumbled. I think he had his relationship with uh Sauce with, Money. Yeah, with Sauce Money. He had um Beans but I mean Bleak brought on G to K. He was from mm-hmm. there. I just I guess I just wonder, like, you know, I know Philly's right there down I ninety five, but mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, like I know at one point, like, Philly was just, like, like busting at the seams with talent. Like, there mm-hmm. were so many people, like, major figures, Gilly the Kid and all those guys, like, guys coming out. But, like, I just always, like, wondered to myself, like, damn, like, you was, you know what I'm saying? Like, you from New York. You're in the Mecca. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, there's so That's many true. artists that from New York that he he could have got a group of, like, dope rappers and put them on. But, like, he, he got, you know, beans and then... Like, as we find out now, like, we thought all these guys grew up together in Philly, but we find out, like, no, like, pretty much put them together like a boy band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like. Which is the case for, like, most of those groups that we grew up liking. Yeah, like, we um, just think, we, I'm thinking, like, they all went to high school together, like, how, like, Jada Kiss Styles and, and Sheik did. Yeah. Like, but nah, like, they didn't know each other, even, you know, we had Philly, 
you know, when you hit other other cities and stuff like that, you don't think like, oh, like this is like far, like maybe this person is like, you know, like another, you know, some people in New York have never been to Brooklyn. Right, right, right. But like, you don't think about that in other places because you think it's so small because we, every, you know, as New Yorkers, we just think we are the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. So I just always, it, it just always was like very funny to me or whatever. That like is that. interesting though. Like he didn't make it his business to build out of Marcy. Right. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It just was interesting to me with yeah, that, yeah. you know, and maybe and maybe like Jay had his reasons and everything, but it's just funny because like you know what I'm saying like when Cam was able to put the Harlem diplomats on, he was everybody was either from Harlem or some part of uptown. Yeah. I think, well, or maybe it was like the original idea that just didn't pan out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I also want to know another thing. I want to know how the fuck was like they made. Beanie Siegel to face the state property, but he had no ownership or anything like that. And, like, I just want to understand that. I, like, Beans has said, like, he don't have no yeah. ownership of state property. Like, you know, they're called state property, but, like, no, he don't. And mm-hmm. and when we and when we look at, look at it, he, he really don't. So, like, Who had property of it? Huh? Who owned it? Jay Damon Biggs. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, like, it was, like, Beans had no claim to that or anything like that. You know, the clothing line and all that stuff. Like, he was a face of it. But. Yeah, he was to the point where I thought when I was when I was growing up, I thought it was Beanie Siegel's clothing line, mm-hmm. and it was catered to be people that are Beanie Siegel's like size. Yeah, every shirt was like a three X. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't make they didn't make smalls. Yeah, yeah, all them all them shits was big as hell. Um, but yeah, that's crazy though. I think I remember him talking about that. I think they made him the face because they wanted it to to appeal to. They wanted it to be like real streetwear, like mm-hmm. real like hoodies. yeah, like they had they had secret pockets mm-hmm. to hide weed and shit yeah, like that, right? Yeah. Um, speaking of state property, um, Tales of a Hustler. Oh man, I love the Milio Sparks, yeah, bro. I did too. I really wanted him and Oskino to like come out. Yeah. I really thought we was gonna get that. You know, they were like the adult young guns, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like we didn't get that. I and I know like they have shit on a hard drive somewhere. It's like I know Just Blaze has a hard drive with mad music when they yeah. and other stuff. Just Blaze like, is ridiculous. He the way he hoards music that he has is crazy. And then he'll do an interview and just like mention it and internet be on fire for like three weeks and then he just never puts it out. I wanna I wanna I wish I wish that it was like a rule that recorded music, like after a certain amount of time that isn't put out, mm-hmm. has to be put out or has to be at least like a auctioned off. Yeah. To be to be bought and like someone could decide what they want to do with There'll it. There'll be so many upset artists that was the case. You gotta make a vault like Prince then so other yeah. people can't get it. If you were somebody's studio I feel like if whatever studio you recording, if if they like own the the the, the masters to the records, like after a certain amount of time, if you don't put it out, it gets put out. Yeah. That'd be fucked up. Um, sorry. Tell, Tales sorry, of Hustler. Tales of Hustler is, is very, very good. Um, Emilio Sparks has a re- had a really dark life. Like he was one of those rappers that um I remember reading a, actually reading an interview back then in Double XL that he did. What was it? The Source about him like being shot and like he was shot like maybe eight times or something like that. And um, take that fifty cent. Right, and and so one of the reasons why. He said that he never talks about it was because at the time when he was trying to get his solo career, that was 50 story. So he never wanted to talk about it because he was like, well, this is already in everybody's face right now. Right. Like, I, I don't want to talk about it. And then it'd be like, I'm trying to like cash in on some shit when this is my life. So he was kind of stuck there, too, where he couldn't talk about this part of his life or felt like he couldn't. You should have. Kanye talked about that car crash for, um, I think, they didn't stop talking about the car crash until after late registration. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, it stopped even being a bar and mm-hmm. all of that shit. It just stopped being talked about. To the point where people started questioning if it even happened. Oh, yeah. They said, oh, yeah, Kanye got beat up and yeah. got his jaw broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that. crazy. Um, what else on here that you did? still Still got love for you. The sequel to Where You Been. <sighs> Did you Man. do you remember the story that Beans told about um his pops like stepping to him about it? About the song, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that was very interesting. Yeah. He starts it off like it starts off track sixteen dynasty album. And I was like, damn, all right, here you go. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I thought that was very interesting. Very, very interesting. And I and I like how I like Jay's angle. You never hear a whole tap into this type of emotion unless he's with Beans. Yeah. And or yeah, or or face. Or face, yeah. But um 
I just, you know, it was really, like, intriguing because, like, it, it made, like, a lot of uh, guys, like, self-reflect on, like, their relationships with their fathers that they don't have with their fathers. Mm-hmm. And, like, now, as a as an older man and, like, hearing this shit, I'm just like, damn. Like, they was, you know, because they was kids as well. Like, just, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, putting shit out there in, in the universe and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And somebody like Beans, like, you know, he's saying that and this nigga Pops is able to walk up on him in the street and be yeah, like, yo, like, yo, what's up? Don't ever invite me to your dick again. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And he was like, yo, nah, I was wild for that part, but you got to understand this. Like, it, it's, man, to pull from your life in that way and then put it on wax like this and do it twice. Yeah. Like, because he, he did that shit and then said, right, you know what? Nah, yeah, I'm going to do it again. Yeah. It was it was it was pretty smart and like obviously I think other artists have done it in some way but this this way it was just like an open letter and mm-hmm. like a lot of people felt it and it spoke to a lot of people and I think that's um you know things that should just uh, definitely be spoken about more it was their kind of therapy and shit like that and it worked yeah agreed um shit and then that even carried into the last track on this album which is what your life like part two um. Just Blaze closes it out. Another classic raw emotion Beanie Siegel song. Yeah. Um, basically, Beans to me is like the embodiment of feeding, feeding the streets. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's like pre T.I., Jeezy, and like in that realm where, like, basically, like, he he's like what you know Meek is now to like the streets and little baby like what yeah. he you know he was basically like talking about these struggles and like a lot of the lingo and shit that he said and pretty he pretty much giving you like a step by step guide to navigate the streets yeah and I thought that was cool um, something that I wanted to go back to more right mm-hmm. I want to go back to the track that we were just talking about so um, on still got love for you the sample right it's an Isaac Hayes song it's called Ike's Mood yeah. Now, do you know that 182 artists have sampled this song, different parts of it, because it's like a seven-minute just instrumental. Oh, shit. So, Mary J. Blige, I Love You, Foxy mm-hmm. Brown, Letter to the Firm, Down to My Niggas by Snoop Dogg, and No Limit, um, Nas's Reach Out, Biz Markie's Make the Music With Your Mouth, pause, and The Hustle and Flow song, Whoop That Trip. Sheesh. No, I didn't know that. Like, I just, I'm sorry, I thought that was so impressive that, yeah. like, you know, and there, there's more, like, notable artists, but, like, they've used different parts of it. Yeah. And, like, yeah. producers have, like, chopped it up. Like, what the fuck Cause was Because it just kind of, because it just goes on. Yo, Isaac Hayes got a lot of those. He has this song called The Joy. The Joy is, so I want to say, 17 minutes long, 17 or 18 minutes long. And it's just, it's, like, very minimal on words. It's just production. So it's just like rappers go crazy over shit like that because they can yeah. take any part you of that. Can take any part of that, and it's like you know, so like you can uh, sometimes you can you must make like four or five different songs because mm-hmm. there's so many different parts that a, a person will hear. And like you know, shout out to Detroit, your man Jay Dilla was like mm-hmm. a genius yeah. in like doing that with with his beats and shit. Yeah, that's who you want to know. What's crazy? That's who Beans probably like. Shit! Oh my god, I would have loved to hear him. Oh, like in the dumb. lab, in the lab with Dilla though. Like not like now, like yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like post his death, like yeah. in the lab, I think Dilla would have loved Beans. Beans and Dilla would be crazy. Yeah. Sheesh, because, Beans like original yeah. Beans. Because Beans is kind of like the, the the pioneer of using the soul sample. Yeah, like, yeah, Jay made it mainstream, but like Beans, you know what I'm saying? Like was giving these placements first. Yeah, it was the 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 um. The contrast of his voice being so gritty over these like beautiful soul samples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Like I said on a couple episodes ago, when it sounds dirty, mm-hmm. like, and Beans definitely like tapped into that and definitely yeah. did that. Damn. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Sheesh. Yeah, man. Um, I, like I said, this was a good listen. It was a good revisit to 2001. 2001 was a very, very good year. I didn't have to pay bills yet. Same. 2001 was great. 2001, you know, of course, you know, it had some unfortunate, very unfortunate events, but like yeah. music, music wise, like you got Fab's debut album came out that year, which I liked at the time because I was a big Fab fan. Mm-hmm. Um, like Damn, I said already. Time. Damn. Huh? Have we done, have we done that Fab album? We did Loso's Way and what else? Um, I don't think we did Ghetto Fabulous. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's aged very well, but I'm open to it. <laughs> I am very open to it. I was a huge Fab fan at the time. Uh-huh. Um, 
But yeah, so this album, man, this album just took me back, man. It, it's hard to detach the nostalgia from this album. It's such a good listen for me because, you know, like I said, I was I was a huge Beanie Siegel fan, and um, and see, and I love when he tapped it. It's not the type of re-listenable music because there's very dark moments on his album. Mm-hmm. Um, the storytelling, the emotion, um, all the pockets that he gets into on his album is not like for your listening pleasure in a way that's re- like that you can just hit the replay button. Oh yeah. Um, it's definitely the when, when it's raining outside. Yes, music. but it's so intentional. Like you got an album like the truth. The truth was so raw. He had that Remember Them Days song with Eve, which was fucking incredible. Right. But um and it was it was just so raw. Like you had the truth and I, I love how he built on that and then he made the reason and then later on the becoming like it just the way he tried to excel in his career was dope. And it's unfortunate that like he's never gonna be this type of artist anymore. Nah. But I'm happy that I got this out of him. Yeah, you you know Bean said that he's he's interested in into like AI. Going to do AI. Nah, man. He if he writes that. the words, if he writes it, okay. I mean, I would listen. Initially, I'm you know, I feel a way about it, but I would listen. Okay, I'll I mean, listen just yeah. to see how it sounds. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, because he still got his pen. You know, yeah, that's what I'm he saying. Still right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think it'll hurt. We'll see. Um. So overall, what's your rating for this album? Um, four out of five waffles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not too many flaws on the project. Mm-hmm. It's just that um. You know, like it's it's just it's just missing certain things. You wanna know what I, I, I like one thing that Beans didn't utilize that I wish he did? Skits on his projects. Mm. You think skits would have tied into this? Absolutely. Huh. You know, even though it's this album is an hour it. long, but it's a really quick listen. It feels quick. Yeah, it's a quick listen. I think like skits, cause of this this could have been like more cinematic. And that's in that kind of tone. I think Skits would have worked on this project. Hmm. Okay. And you know, like I said again, like there's like certain like the low points on this album are very like far for like this is not a lot. There's yeah. two low points on the project, but I can't say that this is like a perfect rap album or anything yeah. like that. So that's why I'm saying like yeah, four out of five waffles is very good. It's very high, guys. Mm-hmm. Don't bite my head off. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll actually echo that and give it a four out of five i fucking love this album i mean it's not a perfect rap album i do there's a lot of albums that i love that aren't perfect and it's just like i have my reasons for it but like i've already said like at the top of this like my love and respect for Siegel for what he was and um and how he contributed to street rap was just so unique because it was from his perspective i believed every word he said yeah <laughs> and and it wasn't just it wasn't just decorative raps. It wasn't just like rapping hardcore shit just for the sake of it. I felt like that was really his life at the time and he was just laying it out and it was raw and it had so much emotion and none of this shit I can relate to, but <laughs> <clears throat> that's what I like about it. I think I think it, it's an escape. His life was an, was an escape for me and it's like, I'm very grateful that I got this album. Um, so I give it a four out of five. By no means, like we said, is it perfect? It's not perfect, but I do highly recommend it. Um, Siegel as a rapper, I think, is something that gets kind of lost. I don't know what it is with um with the Rockefeller artists from the past, if you're not Kanye, if you're not Hove, obviously, that their catalogs don't get talked about as much. Yeah, they um, don't. Yeah, even Freeway. Freeway had a really good first album. Um but their catalogs kind of just get forgotten about. And I think this album is worth revisiting. And and let us know what you guys think. Um, drop us a comment. Um, go listen to it. Let us know what you think. I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Torian B. We out of here. Catch you guys next time. Dun, dun. <laughs>